Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Today we're on assignment. And I'm so grateful to be in the house, in a house where people are here to receive. You didn't come because you didn't have anything else to do. You didn't come because this was something you needed to check off on the list. You came because you needed something. You came expecting something. You knew that here in the place that we call Access Churches where God has met you before and he'll meet you again. I wanted to share a scripture with you and this is Jesus talking to God, his father about you. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. That's, that's Jesus talking to God about you. For them I sanctify myself that they, may, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. God was already being told about the people that you were going to reach because Jesus was talking to his dad about sending you out and the people you were going to reach. Uh, 22 says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be the one as you, as we are one, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to the complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. I'm going to tell you you're here on assignment as well. The same way we traveled to Eagle Pass in Del Rio, Texas on Thursday evening. You don't have to travel. You get up every day. The hard part has been done. God sent his only son to die on the cross. That part's already done. That was the hardest part to this journey that you're on. The easy part is exactly what we did a few minutes ago, and it is just worshiping and and praising the Lord, right? That's the easy part. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Worthy is your name. Because that's where you get the muscle. That's where you get the energy to go into the world and do exactly what you were called to do. Not all of us get a stage to preach on. Not all of us get a microphone. Every day I go to an office. Every day I have the opportunity to be a witness of who Jesus is in me and how I can help them meet Jesus. Not always is it easy in this world. And I got to smile and wave even when it's tough at home. But there's there's a true scripture that we rely on every day. And the hard part's been done. Jesus has already prayed for you. He's already talked to his daddy about you. All your job now is to just be sanctified in the word. And I come back to this. You come in here because this is a good good house of prayer, a good house of word coming at you. We pray today that we're a blessing to you. I don't get the microphone for very much longer. I'm going to keep it as long as I possibly can. But we pray that our ministry is a blessing to you and know that we too, even from the Rio Grande Valley where we're from, we are praying for you. We know you by face. Some of you guys I haven't hugged yet because I haven't met yet. You guys grow every time we come. 
but others of you are very familiar to me and close to my heart. I will squeeze your neck and let you know I'm right here, right behind you. Access Church, I encourage you. Let's keep doing this thing together. Amen? Amen. It's such an honor to be here. I'd rather be right here than anywhere else. And if you know me, I don't waste words. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful for your pastors. Pastor Brian and Sandra. How many are grateful for the people God has placed in front of you? You know, when you see them at the restaurant, pay for their dinner. And you see them at the car wash, get off your car and slide your card. Do what you can for them. You know why? Because you don't, you have what others wish they had. We're in a lot of churches. And you are so blessed to have the Cisneros leading you, leading the way, giving God glory for you, praying for you, making sure your needs are met every time you come to the Lord's house. Why don't we give them a super thank you applause. Can I show you how to do it? And not that there's a competition or anything, but I really got to preach good today. You know why? Because I'm wearing his jacket. He looked at me on the way out. He goes, nah, no, you're going to preach at my church. You got to look like this. So he went to his closet. Ponte esto. He says, put this on. So I have the Cisneros mantle on me. And I pray that it would be a blessing to you. Why don't you stand to your feet? We have many friends in the room. Friends I haven't met. Friends I've never seen before and I'll see you for the first time today. I'm extremely grateful for this honor God gives me. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Never get bored of the Word of God. Vanessa declared freedom by reading the Word of God. Don't get bored with it. Make time for it. I was speaking in a public place, not a church, just a few short weeks ago. And I kept referencing the book that I read. There's a certain book that I read, and this is what I learned from that book that I read. Well, somebody came up to me after that first session and says, oh, so you're one of those kinds of guys that are ashamed of the gospel. How come you didn't tell them it's the Bible that you read? I says, then I did my job because you recognize that I was quoting the scripture without me having to say that I'm quoting the scriptures. And I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you this morning. Grab some of these scriptures and make them yours. Adopt them as your language. Adopt them as your thoughts. Why? Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know what? You want to know what to do next? You want to know what the procedure is? Get this word. 
Hide it in your heart that you will not sin against him. That's what Psalms 119 says. And get that language inside of you that people think that that's how you are. That's how you think because that's who we are. That's how we think. That you don't have to carry around your family Bible with the family history. And say it says it in this book. That you can say it with your own life. Your own testimony. This is what that book says. Because it's written on the tablets of my heart. And I live. I live for him. Romans 8 says like this in verse 18. Consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. This scripture here is talking about a process. You're not done yet. But the things that, you, that entangle you, the things that make you suffer, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. One day things are going to be better. One, things are, one day one things are going to improve. But until they get better and until they get improved, the Word of God is your stabilizer. It's your food. It's your substance. It becomes your reason. It becomes your why. 19 says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that in the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that in whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are the Lord of all. You created us. We are your creation. We're here to do what you expect your creation to do. We receive instruction today. Life-giving words. We receive words today to help us obey you for the rest of our lives. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Why don't you give a high five to the person next to you? Now, this is an inside joke. Vanessa, get closer to me. I'll give you a chest bump. Oh, I forgot it's not a marriage conference anymore. You may have a seat. Somebody start the timer. There's an assignment on your life. The reason and the purpose why you were created needs to be revealed. God does not make mistakes. He only makes solutions for others' mistakes. God is a purposeful God. He's strategic. 
Who can know the mind of God? Who can know the mind of Christ? Who can know His ways because they're not our ways? Who can know His thoughts because they're not our thoughts? Oh, you're not here by accident. And you're not here because you had nothing else to do, as Vanessa said. You're here to match up with this assignment to fan the flame in your assignment that you would find your better place an improved place that you would find the next step the procedural process of God to take room in your thought life so that you can pursue God's perfect will yeah I said it yeah I declared it God has a perfect will for your life It's sad to die and you fulfilled another purpose, not the purpose of God. It's going to be a sad day the moment you're no longer on this planet Earth. And you fulfilled what you thought you should have done instead of fulfilling what God said you would do. This scripture that I read in, in, in Romans chapter 8, it talks about that all the creation is waiting for you to get your together. The earth is waiting for you to get your together. Yeah, life is messy. Yeah, life is not perfect. But life is deserved to be lived and to be lived under the will of God for your life. Someone said the other day, what do you do for a living? I says, I play every day. What do you do for a living? Oh, I get to do my hobby every day. And that is to speak to male genders, to males, many hours in a week. To encourage them, to build them up and to forge them and to redirect them. To get onto them. To get in their face and say listen to me you were designed for a purpose and you're living low you're living low you got to live high and higher and higher all I'm trying to say is once you find your purpose start living it and you'll start making a living out of it why because God desires to honor your obedience God's heart is to make you that child of His, that eager expectations of creation find solutions with your obedience. When you embrace who you are, when you embrace your design, when you start dominating in your space, the rooms that God will take you in, Let me just for a moment go to Leviticus chapter 6. Today I want to talk about fire. Today I want to talk about fuego. One of my favorite responses when I'm messaging is that little emoji of the fire. I can't wait till someone creates, and I have suggested it to Apple. 
to create a miniature of me on fire. But no one's listening. No one is obeying the command of, I want to be in the universal emoji of me on fire, man on fire. Let me explain it this way. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, it says like this, For the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat off the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. And it must not go out. You know, if you can't find your way, can I tell you right now, it's because you lost your fire. If you're worried and you're depressed, if you're directionlessness, without direction it's because there's a lack of fire in your life oh allow me to sit, give you a few of my thoughts about the lack of fire in your life if there's one thing that will ruin discourage not allow for whatever you bring to God not to be what it needs to combust and to make fire is your thoughts. Yeah, I said it. Your thoughts. I think my iPad has a demon in it. Thank you. Woo. Every thought matters. Every thought matters. Watch this. Every thought turns into a decision, and every decision you make is generational. Every decision you make is generational. Your life is moving in the direction of its strongest thought. Whatever thoughts come into your mind, come out in your life. They come out in your language. They come out on your reactions, every thought that you have. And until you control what you think, you will not be able to control how you react. I said the other day that my wife speaks dog, and half of you know what I'm saying because the other half I haven't met yet. <laughs> you know, I'm at, I'm at home, I have a home office, I work out of my home. And the dog is perfect. Doesn't ask for much. She's just right there. But mama comes home and all of a sudden she becomes needy and wordy. She starts talking to her and, and, and starts, you know, uh, uh, communicating to her. The other day I asked for interpretation and I says, what? What does Sophie want? Not that I get frustrated with her. What, what does she want? And Vanessa said, bro, just put more water in her bowl and she'll be fine. I said, how do you know that? Now go to the sink and fill up her bowl and I put it back in her place and there she is. 
you know how dogs do. But you know, just because my gorgeous, amazing wife speaks dog, it doesn't make her a dog. It doesn't make her one. The fact is that she understands it. And I don't. Doesn't make me a dog either. <laughs> you know, you're going to produce who you are. Listen to me, Dad. You're going to produce who you are, not what you say. You're going to produce who you are, not what you say. You're going to produce who you are, not what you say. The enemy will only attack you as you see yourself. And how you see yourself is where your thoughts are. If it's thinking, thinking, then that's where the enemy comes in. Like a flood, he comes in. And he allows you to expand your imagination how God cannot do what he's supposed to do because your situation is huger. It's bigger. The enemy will attack you where your thoughts are. He's not attacking your bank book. He's attacking how you think. I'm never going to make it. I live paycheck to paycheck. He ain't messing with Wells Fargo and PNC. He's not messing with them. He's not getting in your stuff over there. Why? He doesn't have to. All he has to do is get in here. What others think about you can hurt you. Oh, listen to me, please. What others think about you will hurt you. But what you think of yourself will kill you. Oh, did you hear that? Okay, let me rewind. What others think about you can hurt you. But what you think about yourself will kill you. Why? Because your thoughts become your words. When you're arguing with somebody, churches, fried chicken, drive through No, it was Popeye's. Forgive me, churches. Popeye's. I had an incident there. Recently, I had to, and I answered a survey honestly, really, because it was unfair how they treated me. But that poor little manager wearing the gray shirt, everyone else had an orange shirt at Popeye's. And it said on her name tag, manager, you know what? She got a what for from this guy. I ordered a number one. Don't judge me. I like chicken on the bone. No, I didn't get fries for those of you that are thinking, yeah, he ate fries that day. No, I had mashed potatoes with their Cajun gravy. Oh, girl. Those biscuits. Oh, my Jesus. But I did get half and half on my tea, right? Half, half sweet, half, half non-sweet. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm going to the drive-thru, and I finally get to, 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 to pay, and... I, they start giving me this large 32-ounce drink, and I says, ma'am, I didn't order that. I communicated to that little speaker thing in the driveway, and I said, you know what? I want a small drink. I don't want a large drink. 
And the amount you're charging me, it's not the same amount I was quoted in that little speaker just a few yards away. She said, sir, oh, I'm the manager. And guess what? We no longer have small cups. We only have large cups right now. Yeah, our truck will get here in the morning. She starts explaining to me. And I'm thinking, then why are you charging me full price with a large drink? I'd rather you give me a large cup with the amount of tea that I ordered because that's what I want to pay for. 67 cents is not going to break my bank. I want you to know that. It's not going to break my bank. But it was the principle of the thing. So I started giving her some customer experience advice, and it went terribly south. Why? She didn't respond. She gave me my food. She charged me the amount that she charged me, 67 cents more. I know I'm salty still, but 67 cents more. And the bad thing was that when she gave me back my card with the receipt, you know, she wrapped it like that. And I'm thinking, I don't want to unwrap it. I just want to see what you see. Can I tell you that, that when she gave me that, she also gave me a peace sign that was broken. I know there was another finger there, but she did not use the other finger. She was giving me direction to get off her, park, off her parking lot so that she could properly serve the others. But I had a very valuable lesson. I had a wake-up moment that my thoughts allowed me to be aggressive with that individual that I hope I never get to see her again because I'll have to apologize to her. I'm glad she doesn't shop for bananas at my H-E-B because I go there every day and I've never seen her there before. But your thoughts create your words. Your words create your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your reputation. Your reputation becomes your character. And your character becomes your destiny. Don't take this lightly. We got to clean up the language. And in order for us to clean up the language, we got to clean up the catacombs of repertory words that are constantly being repeated in our minds that are not God-pleasing. You know, you belong to a kingdom bigger than you. You belong to a family that's bigger than your Garcias. You belong to a heavenly family. You belong to God. We all come from Adam and Eve by one way or another. It may take some math. It may take some, you know, some, some amazing software to track us back to them. But that's what we, you know why? Because we belong to the family of God. Some of us are just the ratchet part of the family. Some of us are part of the better part of the family. God himself is the heavenly father. And we belong to him. So as I, as I, as I turn the page of my message today, can I tell you that every decision that you make allows you to become the person that you are. 
And those decisions are made by the words that are in your brain, that are in your head, that are speaking louder than the love of God. Oh, how powerful is the decision? A decision this morning will put you back on track. It's kind of like a locomotive. It's kind of like a train that has been derailed. But if you get it back on its track, then it will go where it's destined to go. Allow me to be a little theologian, because I'm a little guy, okay? I'm a little guy. Allow me to be chittle. There's a word in, in theology classrooms all over the world that's called exegesis. Now, it's not Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. You know, you know how you spell Chewy? I mean, Jesus? It, it's exegesis. It's G-E-S-I-S. E-X-G-E-S-I-S. Exegesis is an exercise that someone grabs and employs whenever they open the Scripture and they read a Scripture and they apply the Scripture to their lives. Because there's a lot of people, guys, that do it the other way around. And that is they validate their poor behavior based on one Scripture to validate who they are and how they, who they have become. And I want to talk about that a little bit this, this afternoon before we go home. And that is that there are four things that Jesus didn't say that is extremely popular right now. You know, I'm not judging, but if you're a TikToker, okay, how many of you TikTok? Oh, Vanessa's hand went up too fast. She bought me this belt that you buy on TikTok store that I'm supposed to put around my waist. Rudy, sin vergüenza, to reduce it. I didn't even ask you to buy it. And you didn't even wrap it at least. You just said, here, boy. Here, bro. But there's four things Jesus never said. And the first thing I want to bring to light today is this, is that Jesus said, he never said for you to follow your heart. For you to follow your heart. Now there's a reason why the scripture, Jesus said this because the heart is deceitful. That's what the Bible says. In fact, it gives us instruction, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Jesus never said for you to follow your heart. He said these words, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Jesus said this, follow me. I'm going to call that log number one. Firewood piece number one. And that is the log of self-persevering. That's when someone is guarded. That's when God's love and God's word can't even penetrate you. Why? Because you've been hurt and no one understands and no one knows. And that's why you're following your heart because you don't want anybody to do that to you ever again. And you don't let anybody in. Can I tell you that that's nothing but firewood to God? 
That's nothing but firewood to God. Let me tell you something else Jesus didn't say. He didn't say be true to yourself. You know what? Because if your mind is in the gutter and you're true to yourself, no, no. The scripture says this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up his cross and follow him. I'm going to call this the log of selfishness, of self-indulgence. The third thing Jesus never said was, believe in yourself. Live your truth. You ever heard your friends say that before? I know you don't. But people say, you know what? It's my truth. This is just where I'm at. It's my truth. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There. We got that settled. We got that all fixed. That you wanting to be self-centered and engage in pride, you'll never understand that He is the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, can I tell you that time does not heal wounds? Time doesn't heal wounds. Newsflash. We've heard that so many times. You know what heals wounds? Jesus. Jesus heals wounds. We're going to call it pride. They told me to be careful with these dudes because that's what's going to cook dinner tonight. Selfishness, pride, being guarded. Let me go to number four. The fourth thing Jesus didn't say. As long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Can I tell you that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial? Can I tell you whatever makes you happy may make God sad? Can I tell you that, that for what does a man to profit the whole world you have forfeited soul. You know, when you reach that point, it's because you don't worship God anymore. You worship yourself. Now you make decisions based on what I want to do. Now you start making decisions on, well, I'm going to do it because it makes me happy. Now, I know all of you have a perfect past. I don't. And I'm far from being perfect. Life reminds me every single day. But one thing I can't say and stand before you and say that I've had to come to God so many times because I've messed things up. I've had to come to Him a lot lately. Why? Because I'm doing my very best to be a true worshiper that worships Him in spirit and in truth. It stopped going by my own measurement, by my own gauge of what worship is. You know, if worship doesn't move his heart, it's not worship at all. Because worship moves the heart of God. 
That's why every time you come in here and we're singing, be exalted, oh my gosh. Don't sit there and mouth it. Don't sit there and just sing it. Oh, stand there and worship it. Be exalted above the heavens and all the earth, for you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship. Be exalted, Heavenly Father. Those are the people God is seeking. Okay, so we have identified two kinds of seekers. The first one is humanity around us is seeking for the children of God to be made manifest. They're eagerly waiting with expectation for you to become what God designed you to be. Don't go to the grave with books you haven't written that you know you're supposed to write. Don't go to the grave with an invention that you know you are assigned to develop, to patent it, to reproduce it. Yes, you use China, the manufacturing floor of the world, to make your product and allow us to benefit from it. You know, if someone could invent something like, uh, oh no, no, I don't want to get sidetracked. I was going to be selfish there for a little bit. You know, this can, doesn't weigh much one by one. But the longer I hold it and the more I add to it, it's significant. And my attention, my, my mind is drawn to this while I'm doing that. Oh, listen to the last part of this message. We read in Leviticus that the command was, don't let the fire go out. It says, it's up to you, the priest, to do it every single day. Every morning of the day, bring firewood to the altar. You know, all wood burns. All wood burns. Now, if it's green wood, you know, fresh mesquite, yeah, it's going to be smoky. But if you put enough fuel on it, it'll burn. But the best wood that burns is what? It's dry wood. Let me translate to a commitment that we need to make this morning. Every day you need to bring it to the Lord, your self-centeredness, your self-persevering, your pride, your self-adoration. You need to bring it to the Lord every day. You're not responsible for the flame. You are not responsible for the fire, but you are responsible for the fuel that makes that fire burn. It's the other part of stuff that, 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 that it's the action. It's, it's, the, it's the, 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 the motive with action following it that makes this fire burn. You know, I love the book. I love the scriptures. I read it a lot. And you know, I, I love... I love to, to pray and to tell people about the Lord, be creative and teach and tell about the Lord. But that's still not enough because sometimes I get those ugly thoughts right here. But don't let people tell you when you say, man, I, I don't have a pure mind right now. I just don't. Stop telling people it's because you're not in the word. That's correct. But it has an incorrect connotation because it requires more than memorization of Scripture. You know that the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they knew the Scripture. 
Watch this one. Even the devil knows the scripture. So it's a little step more than just knowing and having knowledge. You know, it's a little bit more than you doing good things for people. A lot of people I know, some of the best people I know that serve in houses of God all over the world are the Catholics. Catholics are great people. They're systematic. They have habits. They pray every day, all day long, every day. How they got to use beads, I know that. But they do it. And they pray way more than we do. So it requires a little bit more than just a prayer life. You know what it requires? It's for you to be dry wood. Empty yourself. If we could get all these logs and make them one, it would be this. That it requires more than doing those things. It requires me coming to the altar and giving my life. And become a person that is on fire for God. Would you stand with me? The greatest failure is when you're successful doing the wrong assignment. That's the greatest favor, uh, failure. It's when you do what you think you should have been doing all along. Oh, oh, oh. God uses wretched man to bring you this message from heaven. And that is, get the right assignment. Get the right assignment. And live it day in. And live it day out. How do I get the right assignment? It's every day coming before the altar of God. And saying, burn this man. Purify him. Make him useful. Make him fuel for the flame of God. And that is what my challenge is for you today. Is that you would say, I want that. Because what I'm doing now is not working. Procrastination is what? Procrastination is knowing I have to do that but I'd rather do this. That's all. You know, it's, it's, it's doing that and not this. You know what this is today? Give your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, Romans 12 and 1. Let it be your reasonable worship that you do that. Would you please bow your heads as we pray? With all head bows, and because it looks like we have a little bit of room up here, before I pray, I want you to leave your seat, and I want you to come to this altar. Why don't we make it an action? Why don't we make it actionable? Why don't you leave your seat, and you come to this altar and say, here I am. 
Here I am, Lord. Aquí estoy. Here I am. Aquí estoy. Here I am. You're not responsible for the fire, but you are definitely responsible, unmistakably responsible for the fuel of the fire. And the fuel of the fire is dry. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.